GPS, powered by SET. Hello and welcome to Radio Primavera Sound and welcome to Line Noise. Today we bring you Miles Mitchell, better known as Mr. Mitch, who is a London grime producer who has more original musical ideas before lunch than most artists have in a lifetime. His excellent new album, Lazy, is out now. Uh, The interview was via Zoom, Uh, of course it was, it's all locked down, um, which means you get that Zoom quality, Uh, but I hope you really enjoy it. He's a fascinating person. You've got a new album coming out. I think it'll probably be out um, by the time that uh, most people hear this. Um, and I do want to want to talk about the new album, Lazy. Um, but if it's all right, I just wanted to sort of go back a little and talk a bit about why, to me, you're such a brilliantly different producer, if that's okay. okay. Yeah, of course. I mean, the, the first thing, I think the first time you really came to my attention. I'd heard of you before, but I think one of the things that really made me sit up and pay attention was 2013, um, when there was the war dubs clash between various um, grime producers. Um, and you did the piece edits. Um, yeah. And I really liked that. I really liked the idea that everyone else was sort of doing one thing and you decided to do entirely the opposite. Uh, why did you decide to do that? I, I decided to do what came naturally to me, to be honest. I tried to join in with the war dubs in like trying to get a good, getting a bit swept up in the moment and stuff. And the stuff I was making just wasn't very good, to be honest. It's, it's not naturally me to um, make these aggressive beats and kind of trying to tear down other people. And and I guess the stuff, the style that I, I enjoy making and um, comes most naturally to me doesn't necessarily lend itself to war so I tried to flip it a bit and call it a peace stub and did people think that you were taking the piss or I mean what did people think I mean I think maybe some people did a bit uh, at first especially there's um, I, I did a, a, a piece edit of Faze Miyake's Take Off and then it was called my piece. My edit was called "Take Off," and then in brackets, "Your Clothes," um, because it was a bit more of a smooth kind of R&B take on it. Um, so, yeah, I think he he viewed that as a bit weird or funny, but I'm not quite sure. But yeah, it was uh, it it was it was kind of mi- mixed. The people that were receiving it, some people just liked it as just what it was. They liked to hear the music, and some people were just really there for war. So, yeah. It's hard to wave a white flag in the middle of a war when everyone wants blood. Do you care generally what people think about your about your music? I try not to, um, especially when I'm in, when I'm in the creative process of making music. The listener is kind of the person I try to put as the the last thought. Um, I make music as a just pure expression, um, especially my album projects. I try to just kind of turn my mind off and just let the music kind of roll out. And then maybe later on down the line, that's when uh, other kind of thoughts will come into the process. But I, I care if people like it, definitely. But I it, I don't care when I'm making it. I'm not making it for them. But obviously it would be nice if people kind of understand where I'm coming from. One of the piece edits that you did that um, really 
struck me was Eiffel, which is a take on Blue by Eiffel 65. Um, Why why did you choose to edit that song? It's a song that I kind of, I remember someone buying it for me for my birthday when I was young as a single. And um, so it's like that kind of era of pop dance music was was part of my my childhood I guess and part of part of me growing up and it was like this it was at the same at the time I was also listening to to garage and and that's just the stuff that I kind of thought was credible but this stuff was also around and it was kind of like a, a guilty pleasure to me at the time and I'm I guess I've got to the age where I'm no longer feel like I need to be guilty about my pleasures and uh, yeah I just wanted to, to make something of, of a tune that I would kind of like and respect. I wondered actually if that um, redoing it had anything to do with having children because that that song is bizarrely or maybe not bizarrely it's incredibly popular with kids or is with my kids anyway. Yeah I, I, that one wasn't actually because I don't I don't think I've even ever played that to that to my kids funnily enough and um they 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 have heard of a lot of the music that i used to listen to growing up and stuff like that but that one in particular i'm not sure if they've even heard it Moving on, um, your debut album, Parallel Memories, uh, was described um, both as sort of ambient grime and weightless. What do you think of those tags? I mean, I, at the time of me making it, my my kind of goal was to push grime as a genre in different directions and have a, a wider encompassing, um, people can have a wider encompassing idea of what grime is, and yeah, I, I I quite like when people put their own names on it and stuff like that. I mean, I think it was Mum Dance and Logos who claimed who um, coined the term weightless, and it wasn't it wasn't ever anything that I necessarily put to my own music myself. But um, at the time, in my head, the music I was making was grime, but just some kind of abstraction of it. So ambient grime, I guess, kind of fits a bit better to me. Did you ever think of consciously making something that was like ambient grime or was it just something that kind of came to you? I think the music was something that came to me, but in my head, I defined myself as a grime producer. So just from making grime music and garage music as a, as a young teen and always being seeing myself as someone involved in the grime scene and, and, being passionate about about making grime music so when I got to this stage of making my album the music that came out even though it didn't necessarily sound like grime it was definitely indebted to it so it wasn't a conscious thought of making a new type of grime it was just me making me but I was a grime producer. Do you still think of yourself as a a grime producer um, with all the sort of history of of music that you've done? Not so much anymore I think I feel I feel like my musical education is is a lot broader than it was. Even though I did experiment a lot of different music growing up as, as a kid and in my teens, like listening to a lot of different styles of music, I never felt like I could personally belong within any one scene 
and I, and I, and I guess when you're when you're younger, you feel like you need to belong to a certain scene or a certain kind of genre. And now I'm just comfortable being, oh, being interpreted in different ways by different people because you're always going to get different interpretations based on the, the listener's references and your references. Even though you're putting them on the song and you're putting them on the table, they're not necessarily going to shape how the listener views it. So I'm comfortable just being genreless and then letting other people kind of put it into their own boxes. I think my my favourite track off that album um, was "Don't Leave," um, and it sounded really vulnerable, which was not an emotion. I mean, rightly or wrongly, it's not an emotion I normally associate with with grime. I mean, how did you, do you think it is a vulnerable track? I mean, was that something you were trying to do? Yeah, definitely. I, I kind of, melancholy and and sadness in a way is, are the emotions that always, I feel are most affected by in, in, in music and in life. I feel like kind of happiness and even, even anger sometimes you 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 can experience them and not feel them as intensely as when you're really sad and and those are the moments that really when you're listening to music kind of have this memorable effect and I guess that's just what kind of seeps out of me because it's the music that I connect with the most especially when I listen to R&B and I grew up listening to a lot of R&B and obviously there's a lot of vulnerable moments in that so it was definitely going to leak over into my grand productions. I mean, it felt particularly with that song that you were taking not a throwaway line, like an important line from the original song, but you were really like wringing every last piece of, of emotion out of it. Yeah, uh, I think repetition is, uh, is great for that um, kind of hammering the key point down of what you're trying to say and and especially a line like don't leave it's when when you're in a position where you kind of don't want someone to leave i think that's the it's the one key line that you you're going to repeat repeat and kind of repetitively repetitively say over and over again and yeah adding repeating that as a sample and building up kind of the emotion with the, the, the chords and the pads around it is it's definitely a kind of a moment I was going for. So your album after that, um, Devout, was the one album that really, really blew my head off um, in a good way. Um, because it, it deals with themes like love and family under the sort of overarching um, theme of fatherhood. Why, why did you decide to do that? As I said before, like the music I make is kind of just a natural expression and at the time of making a lot of it, my my wife was pregnant with my our second son, so it was it was just at the forefront of my kind of emotions, and a lot of the the sounds I were making 
were reflective of how I was feeling. And I guess I was in that kind of romantic state where you're you're thinking about fatherhood and you're thinking about becoming a dad again for the second time. And yeah, it's it's it was a moment where I kind of reflected on times when I had my first child at 22 years old and kind of people give you looks of like, oh yeah, you're 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 a good dad for staying staying around and being a dad just I, I presume primarily because I'm a, I'm a black dad and the kind of stereotype is that you're not around so it was kind of it was there was a conscious decision there to kind of push the fatherhood aspect of of the stories and of the songs a bit more just to kind of push the the narrative of a black dad who who is there for his children I think in that you really succeeded because it felt like I, I, I got the impression just listening to that album, you're a really happy family, you know, which was a really nice sensation to have. Yeah, that's good that that came across because it is true. <laughs> um, I think one, again, one, one of the reasons I like that so much was, was um, I've got two children as well, but, you know, I still like listening to electronic music and, and grime and things like that. And there's, very little music that kind of crosses that divide. I mean, there's very little music about fatherhood. I was trying to think, you know, there's like Stevie Wonders, Isn't She Lovely? And there are things that kind of deal with it in a more abstract way. Um, yeah. But did you have any like antecedents in, in mind when, when you were doing that? Were there, were there any songs where you're like, yeah, that captures what it's like, you know, to be a father? Um. No, to be honest, I, I guess when I'm in the, the creative process, I, I try not to think of influences, even though they're definitely there and definitely there, there is definitely um, subconscious influences on the album. I, I'm not really sitting there thinking about other, other tracks that have done it in the same or, or a similar way. Um, I, I was definitely inspired by money on um, a track that he did with Starkey years in like maybe 2009 um, he wasn't talking about fatherhood on that track in particular but it was his delivery and as a grime MC kind of being on the track that wasn't ag aggressive and and he had a delivery in a way that was kind of different to your the stereotypical um, grime track and then finding out that he was a father and listened to one of the tracks on his album where he talks a bit about fatherhood I knew he would be the perfect person to to get on the album and to share his experience of being a black dad as well um, so th there was definitely um, kind of people around that I wanted to be involved with the project because of their experiences maybe but not, uh, not necessarily any songs in particular that kind of led me to travel that, that path. Children like the fact you've made music yeah, about them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do actually, um, surprisingly, because 
when I was young, I was always kind of uh, resistant to my dad's music. My dad was a, um, a guitarist as well, and he always used to try and share his music with me. And I was always resistant and kind of considered it as old people music. But there seem, they seem to be a lot more open to listening to the music I make. And, and maybe it's because I also involved them in the music making process as well. And I guess I sample, I've sampled them in tracks and and like my youngest son, Oscar, he's four years old now and he likes listening to the track where I sampled him as a baby just because I guess it's, it's the same as like listening to, watching an old video clip of yourself or an old photo. I guess it's, it's like this album is almost like, I view it as like a, a postcard to my, to my future self as like, this is just a moment in history, a moment in time for you and your family and it's 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 quite a personal thing to, for us that we can listen back to certain tracks on there and it has these kind of moments in there which is nice um and last year you released songs with my sons which was made with milo and oscar um yeah. firstly did they make enough money to get a gaming pc and nintendo switch they actually did which was amazing um so yeah thank you to everyone who bought copies of that some people paid more than uh, a lot more than than was necessary so yeah it definitely helped them get across the line of that they've milo had already been saving for like the past two years before that to try and get a pc and that definitely the money from that ep got them over the line i'm very glad i mean how did it come about did were they just sort of talking about they wanted have they all you said you've involved them in your music do you, i mean had you actually made music with them before um, so what I'd done before, like earlier that year or maybe the end of the year before, I'd, <clears throat> whenever I have my music equipment out, they always just try and play, press all the buttons and stuff. And I just thought, instead of restricting them and telling them this is something that they can't touch, why don't I just kind of open it up to them and teach them how to use it? So I had one day I just put all of the equipment on the floor and plugged in the speakers and just let them do whatever they want with it basically and then slowly as they're playing around with it show them what different bits do and then we just did a few different sessions like that and then they kind of learn different parts that they like more so Milo was kind of getting in enjoying drum programming and Oscar just really wanted to have scary sounds as he called them and um, he wanted he 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 makes us listen to like film soundtracks and stuff when we're driving around so he's really into um sound design in a weird way and um he doesn't obviously know what what, what it is he doesn't know the concept of sound design but he, he's definitely into kind of soundscapes and making environmental sounds and making making an environment with the sounds he's make he's using so yeah it's it's interesting finding out the different elements that they're into just from letting them explore one thing I really liked about that EP was it felt like it was a good mixture between you and them. Like if, if it had been, from what it sounded like, if it had been more you, it would have been maybe a bit more regulated. If it had been more them, it would have been more, a bit more chaotic, but it seemed to be quite a good mixture, if you see what I mean. Yeah, definitely. I think I just tried to let them take the lead and then I helped with the structure and just to try and rein it in a little bit um but I tried to keep myself out of it too much to be honest like and um instead of make, just making maybe adding a little extra melody line here or just 
fixing the structure here or getting rid of that endless four minutes of you screaming into the microphone. But um, yeah, I, it, it is quite a lot of them on the project and it's just me controlling the narrative, I guess. So um, your, your new album, Lazy, is out uh, in March. And are you really seriously thinking of yourself as, as lazy with everything that you do, you know, producing label boss three children do you, do you really think you're lazy was that was that tongue-in-cheek it's it's tongue, kind of tongue-in-cheek but also it's kind of the way there's there's a there's a couple meanings but it's it's the way that um social media can make you feel sometimes when you see other producers putting out music constantly and making a lot of music all the time and i'm a lot of i make music in a kind of maybe a different process to some others where i, I will kind of do a binge session where I will make a lot of stuff in a short period of time and then not make anything again for another period of time and um, I kind of I guess when creativity hits me or when I can find the time um, but, but obviously there's a, a lot of other things I'm doing at the same time which I have to remind myself sometimes that I'm definitely not lazy I'm just busy and uh, but it also kind of relates to the minimalism in my productions and how sometimes uh, people who don't necessarily understand my music may feel like it needs more or it um, it's not finished yet but this is actually this is a conscious decision and uh, this I've had it I have actually added more and I've taken it away again and I'm not being lazy I, this is this is the product so it is it is a kind of comment on two different things there you said you sort of go about making music sometimes you make a, a, a load of music and then you don't for a while is that because inspiration strikes or is that because you have the time to do it or you prefer to sort of work that way it's a combination of the both I, um i definitely feel like if i i also have a, a day job as well and i have three children and I, obviously i run record label and outside of lockdown I, I run a club night so there's a lot going on but um, I do try to find the time to make music as often as I can and I do think if you're if you sit down and force yourself to do it every day the creativity will come anyway um, so I'm not one of those people that, that feel like I have to wait for this sudden spark in my head to, to start making music you can force the creativity to come out of yourself but um, at the same time sometimes you can sit down and nothing comes out but then sometimes you can sit down and 10 ideas come to you and I think what tends to happen with me is I'll, I'll make 10 ideas and then I'll forget about them and maybe make another 10 ideas another month and then forget about them and then come back to to those 20 ideas and finish them up further down the line and kind of the lazy is a is a is a kind of a product of me working that way so a lot of these different tracks have been started in over different lengths of time some of them might have been finished and may have started and finished within a few weeks and some of them might have been started years prior to the date that they actually finished
do you ever sort of envy people who don't have a day job and don't have children and I mean not not envy nothing but like they can go and spend you know six months working on a on a record just concentrating on 10 songs or, or is that not something you think would work for you no it's it's definitely um something that would be nice to have the ability to do that but at the same time I uh, I have my responsibilities and, and I, I mean I have three children and and kind of a roof over our head to to think about if it was just me I was thinking about my, myself those kind of security aspects wouldn't necessarily be as much of an, an issue for me so yeah it's, it is nice to look at people that can do that stuff and just be full creative um, and not necessarily worry about the other stuff as much but I, I love my life in the same way. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking the new, the new album. Um, it seems to show a lot of different sides to your personality. I mean, there's some sort of very danceable things, there's laid back things. Um, how, did it, how did it come about? Yeah, I feel like that's something I've never been successfully able to put on an album before and show kind of a wider birth of the music that I'm into and the music that I actually make. Um, when you listen to one of my DJ sets in a club, you'll notice that it is kind of all over the place in terms of styles. And I somehow, personally, I feel like I somehow managed to make them blend together nicely. And and I guess that's never been reflected on the music I've put out as a whole. Like the albums are always kind of more, they, they, they fit together in a more obvious way. Um, and this album is truly a reflection of everything I would play and everything I would listen to. And everything is, I think it's more reflective of the fact that it was made over a long period of time and that I've picked the best moments out of these periods and put them together on an album. I kind of like the way, for me, it sounds a lot like the way I listen to music, which is um, I tend to, you know, quite often I'm sit down, I like want one house track, then something more relaxed, then, you know, like a jazz track or something like that. And it's very um, up and down. I think Lazy is kind of a, a rare album that kind of reflects that because it does jump around in these in these different styles. Yeah, and I think it is reflective of maybe the way I would also plan a playlist on on a, on a streaming service or something like that. When sometimes I listen to a lot of playlists and they they do this, and it's even even DJs and I, I listen to DJs and they they try and take us on a journey where they've got half an hour of ambient and then. And then the house section, and then it goes to the drum and bass section. And I'm, I've never really been a fan of that kind of way of programming stuff. And it gets boring for me. And I never want to hear one thing for a long period of time. So, yeah, it's, it definitely works for anyone who's a fan of that kind of listening. And, and that is me also. Well, it's been really lovely to speak to you today. Um, and I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, I didn't know you had a day job as well. That's insane. A day job and three children and everything you do it's um i take my hat off to you frankly cheers yeah i tried to make it work <laughs> rps powered by sad <laughs>